Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. The NFL Combines continue, Jim. We've talked about some of this, of course, a little bit yesterday. You said you one of the things you hadn't covered, despite uh, covering many different things. But I was going to ask, you know, everybody gets talked about. And, you know, Quasi Fomenza says it's never even entered his mind that he would trade Justin Jefferson. And I have no reason not to believe him. But, uh, you know, they kind of call it lying season around the NFL uh, right now. How much can you believe of what comes from all these guys? this week i think what really happens in terms of being lying season is uh people put out disinformation through sources through you know maybe through journalists who will take any rumor and run with it uh, or they don't deny something they know isn't true you know i think there's a lot of gamesmanship behind the scenes i think in general especially in this day and age when somebody goes on on the record saying, this is what I want, I, you generally can believe them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, uh, you know, I really think that everything Quezzy and O'Connell have said publicly jives with what I've heard uh, from behind the scenes, which is they really do want Cousins back. They mm-hmm. really do want a long-term deal for Jefferson. Does that mean they're automatically going to get the deals done? No, it's a two-way negotiation, uh, high leverage, high money negotiation. You never know exactly what's going to happen. But I have no doubt they want to get those things done, and they want to get them done as soon as possible so they can set up the rest of their off-season plans. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any upside to Quezzy saying things that, like, I want Cousins back, because then if he doesn't get him, it looks like he failed. Mm. If he says, I want to sign Justin Jefferson to a long-term contract, it doesn't get done, it looks like he failed. So, you know, when people lie, it's, it's to manipulate an outcome. I don't think he's in any way uh, putting himself in a good position to manipulate these outcomes. Yeah, they really do want to come to agreement, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, They've had plenty of negotiating time. What do you think might be the sticking point, let's say, between him and Cousins? Well, well, first of all, you know, what's the old line? Um, Deadline spur action. Yeah, sure. I mean, mean, if you're trying to get, you have two sides trying to get the best deal you can, and there's no deadline in your face, why would you change your offer much, you know? Now you start dealing with deadlines, you start dealing with free agency about to start, like March 13th, I think, is free agency. I mean, that's the deadline that will probably spur some action between the Vikings and Cousins. Mm-hmm. So a, a Cousins deal could happen any time between now and March 13th, but it's more likely to happen closer to March 13th than tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that gets done, then that sets the table for a, just, a real, real in-depth uh, Justin Jefferson uh, negotiation because you know how, what the deal with Cousins is, you know what your cap space is, you know what your future outlay is. I mean, all these things, you know, it, it's fascinating because we have so much time to speculate about it and because it's such <laughs> important stuff. But it doesn't mean it's going to get done quickly. Right. Do you think it changed the Vikings' thoughts towards uh, their, their uh, you know, big-name free agents or contract uh, potential signees like Jefferson uh, when they found out, you know, they speculated on what, or they projected the cap, and it wound up $13 million higher than what the projection was. Does that make a difference for them? Oh, it not only makes a difference to them, it gives uh, Cousins and Jefferson more leverage, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think, you know, Jeff Diamond had told me he really saw them getting a two-year deal for about $90 million dollars done with Cousins, and then the salary cup comes in $13 million more, and they might, the Cousins camp might want $100 million. They might want $105 million. Jefferson might, I think Jefferson's parameter is more based on history and who the highest paid player in the NFL is, what the record would be. I think he wants a record deal. 
um, and this in that case, so this, the higher salary cap might make it harder to get his Cousins deal done because he might want even more. Mm-hmm. It might make it easier to get a Jefferson deal done because he. I think we know what he wants, and this gives him a little more space to get it done. Yeah. Uh, which is more likely, uh, do you think? If they only sign one of the two, Cousins or Jefferson, which one's more likely? Well, I mean, they're not a package deal. Right. But it's to me, it's almost more likely they sign neither or both. Ah. Because if they don't sign Cousins, then Jefferson might have reason to want to become a free agent or to force a trade. Uh, if they do sign Cousins, I think the Jefferson deal falls into place, and it also as we talked about with the, the strangeness of the salary cap, signing Cousins for a lot of money actually will alleviate some uh, salary cap money for the next year or two. Uh, so I, I really I think they're going to get them both. Um, and the other thing is they could sign Cousins. They could fail to get a deal done with Jefferson. And I think what some people don't understand is they could still keep Jefferson another two years without mm-hmm. signing him to a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, they could keep him in the last year of his contract, then they could franchise tag him. So, there, there are still a lot of ways this could go. So he's coming into the fifth year. This is his fifth year option season coming up. I, you know, I, I don't have that right in front of me. That's yeah. my my understanding is that this is his fifth year option season coming up, and then they could franchise tag him, so they could keep him another two years without signing him to a long term deal. And he seems like you know he's had contract discussions previously. He's not a guy who seems like he's going to just sit out or cause problems if a deal isn't done. No, I think he is a competitor. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to be great. I think he wants to have historic numbers. So I think that overrides any perceived leverage he might get. And, and remember, Chris Jones you know, held out last year, and after the deal got done and after they started playing, he said, eh, that didn't really, the holdout really didn't help me. <laughs> it cost, cost me a game check. Uh, it didn't really alter the negotiations. It didn't help my team. I just don't think there's much upside in holding out. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, he's coming into his fifth-year option season. Yep. Uh, right. And then, and most teams like to have those done with their stars before that fifth year kind of begins. But like you said, they do have the franchise tag option beyond that. I mean, I think both sides want to get the long-term deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's more likely that it gets done than not. I'm just saying it's not the end of the world. Sure. You know, I, sometimes you know on the inter- internet you see. Be, People say, well, I have to trade Jefferson because they don't get this deal. Well, no, you don't have to trade him. You can no. still keep him around and keep negotiating. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Mel Kuyper's latest mock came out, 2.0. He has him taking Jared Verse, a defensive end uh, from Florida State with the 11th pick and not moving up or down. Just food for thought. I do follow Mel a little bit. I mean, he's kind of the godfather of that kind of thing. He is. He is very plugged in. And, uh, listen, no mock draft is going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, there will be trades. There'll be Some teams will fool you. Uh, somebody will rise in the um, in the draft, uh, but you know he, he's very rational. Yeah. And the inter- intriguing thing is, you know, we I would say once again, sometimes national people don't necessarily have the insights that local people have. Mm-hmm. We all know that the Vikings wanted to trade up to get Anthony Richardson last year. Yep. We all know they want their quarterback of the future. I think national media and a lot of the mock drafters are underrating how much the Vikings really want to get their their future quarterback in house. Mm. So you think that if uh, somebody, say a JJ McCarthy, is there because he has him going twelve to Denver, if he's there for the Vikings at eleven, you think they'd take him? I don't know. Mm. I really don't know at this point. Mm. I I don't. You know, frankly, at some point, I'm guessing we'll have a better read on what the Vikings want. I don't have that read right now. Mm. Um, there's still a lot of 
variables in this this draft, maybe more than usual. And we also don't know if the Vikings would take McCarthy at 11 or if they might, if McCarthy ends up rising, if they might feel like they need to trade up to get him or if their intel will be that, hey, we, get, we can trade down to get McCarthy or we might even get be able to get McCarthy or Nix or mm-hmm. Penix second. I mean, there's, I, there's so many variables. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, that's that's the great part of it. We get to speculate on it and then find out. And, you know, for me, as a, I'm more fan, uh, you're more journalist, I think, on some of this, uh, I'm going to roll with whoever they take. I, I'm still, I think KOC is an outstanding coach. Uh, Questy hasn't had great drafts, but I think he has the, the right mind frame, uh, frame of mind, I should say, for, for being the GM. It, it seems like they have a good crew in place right now, so I'll roll with whatever they get. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a big draft for Quesi. Yep. His first draft was bad. His second draft was okay. I think this is a really big draft for him. And there's, it's a higher pick, mm-hmm. and they need a quarterback. So yep. uh, this this might be the defining draft for his, his career. Yeah, and KOC uh, in there as well. I'm sure he'd be able to develop them. Uh, Timberwolves winners last night, uh, uh, and Anthony Edwards kind of carried things. Nas Reed, more minutes because Carl Anthony Towns didn't play. He had 22. Whenever Reed gets more minutes, he seems to get a little better offensively. He played great, and Edwards played great. Edwards had a scare because he uh, he twisted his ankle in the second quarter and limped off, but he, then he came back and played great. You know, been easier for him to sit out, especially with the first night of a back-to-back. Edwards was great. Nas was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kindly ran the ran the show nicely. Um, Monty Morris, Morris seems to be uh, you know settling in a little bit more. He just hasn't played much this year. So just kind of a good workmanlike win. They, you know, Spurs made a late run, and that's just that's just going to happen in the NBA periodically. Yeah, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at Five Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. We'll have the Timberwolves for you tonight at seven.